You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. It's Nia Trost. Dorado Hanover is second. A photo for show. And Nia Trost has won again. One minute, 58 and three-fifths seconds. He does not get the world record, but he gets the third jewel in two-year-old pacing's triple crown. Brandon Jaggers. Jake and Elwood now pulling out by two lengths as they come for the wire. It's all Jake and Elwood in 159. And me, CC Broadus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 2021 debut of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm your host, CC Broadus. Joined as always by my partners in crime, Alan Schneider. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Sensei. And Brandon Jaggers. I think a lot of horses had some birthdays, if I'm not mistaken. So looking forward to a brand new year. That's true. That's true. Very good. Uh, just one note. I, guys, did you all know that Turfway was racing tomorrow night? Uh, Wednesday, I did. I did know that. Yeah, I you did see it though. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I wish you. I wish you'd have told me. I, I've already previewed Thursday's card, so now I've got to go oh, back wait tonight. A minute. You mean you mean Wednesday? It's Wednesday. They're running Wednesday night. Tonight's today's Monday, buddy. I know they're they're running they're running Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. I'm so, confused. I'm, uh, one, one more thing to look forward to for sure. So. Uh, Tonight, we've got a couple special guests that we're very excited about, and uh, Alan, uh, why don't you do the honors this afternoon? All right, we're going retro here, folks. We're going back in time to the 70s and 80s, because as we've often stated, the primary focus of our little podcast is Kentucky horse racing. Well, yes, that means thoroughbreds and the tracks they run at here in the state. There are other breeds and tracks that also populate this landscape, both past and present. And I'd like to go retro, as I said a bit tonight, and pay homage to one of those past tracks, if you will. Louisville Downs. For those listeners that may or may not know, Louisville Downs is a fun, family-friendly harness racing staple right off the Watterson Expressway on Pop Level Road. It's an iconic half-mile track, and it opened in 1966 by the legendary William H. King, a familiar name and icon in these parts, and an innovative marketing genius with few peers, to say the least. Despite living in the vast shadow of Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Derby just a few scant miles away, Louisville Downs thrived for 25 years as Mr. King, a promoter way ahead of his time, always kept things lively and helping because in addition to the great harness action, like the six-figure Kentucky Pacing Derby he brought here, Mr. King entertained his packed crowds like no other with motorcycle racing, water ski shows, concerts with the likes of the Beach Boys, Three Dog Night, The Guess Who, and many others. He fully embraced the wonderful atmosphere of night racing and hosted the always memorable, never forgettable quarter nights every Tuesday where everything <laughs> was 25 cents. And yes, that also includes beer, folks. That also includes beer. And all you folks sitting in the comfort of your home betting millions and millions on your phone right now? Well, Mr. King was decades ahead of the internet and everyone else as he debuted call a bet wagering on his races way, way back in 1982. Quite likely the first phone wagering system of its kind in the country. As I mentioned, he was ahead of his time, and I think this proves it, doesn't it? So with all that said, to help us take a walk down that legendary limestone memory lane, 
to the place I cut my horse racing teeth on as a youngster, I'd like to welcome our two special guests tonight. Popular Downs harness driver, Mike Murphy, and Joyce King Jennings herself, the daughter of the late, great William H. King. Guys, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Hello. I'm glad to be on this podcast. It's it's a flattering for you to think of us. Well, we wanted to do it, and uh, we like to pay uh, homage to the to the places that got us uh, to the point in uh, loving racing where we're at now. So Louisville Downs is definitely one of those. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll start with you, Joyce. Um, Louisville Downs. Again, your dad opened the place, and I'm guessing you spent a lot of time there back in the day. Um, so simply put, to start this thing off with, how much do you miss it? How much do you miss it? Uh, I miss it a lot because um, I have to cook dinner for myself these days. <laughs> they had the Louisville Downs had the best uh, food, uh, you know, the prime rib, baked potato, and topped it off with a Louisville Downs Sunday. But it was just a great place. I, I worked there since I was um, since it opened. Dad uh, put me in the position of the grandstand pass gate. Uh, and I did work my way up to vice president. So it took 25 years. But uh, I did a lot of different jobs. So I knew the track well. And, and I love it. And of course, I miss it. Well, you know, it's 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 funny. I, I probably ran you a, a bunch of time there as a, as a child and didn't even realize it. And funny is how things brought us together here now. So, you know, I can imagine there are a ton, a ton of them. But are there any memories from that time that stick out to you, whether it's related to your dad, the racetrack, the people, et cetera? What sticks out to you, Joyce? Sure. I mean, uh, I, I want to shout out to the people who kept it going and are still like family. For instance, when I was uh, working a grandstand pass gate, Mel Eppinger, who's been gone a long time, bought us a bag of peanuts, and we made a mess all over the floor, all over the <laughs> entrance. Dad came through there and raised holy hell. His track, <laughs> his track had to be spotless. And if you remember, that's one thing people did compliment on. It was yes. always, always spotless. And thanks to Leo Gromeyer and his son, Ron, and Ron is still on the Louisville Downs Facebook page. And and they've just, the maintenance crew has, did a fabulous job. And then putting the track together was the chairman of the board, which is, his name's Fred Kolowich. And the whole Kolowich family, we are all still very close. Of course, he passed away. But uh, he, he was the chairman of the board, Fred Soames from Detroit, one of his friends was the electrical guru. John Mingus was the architect. So, uh, you know, he brought a lot of people in besides himself, but he was the mastermind and he like ran it. the track. And you're right about that. As I'm thinking about it, that place was large, had tons of people there. Again, quarter beer night, and it was always <laughs> immaculate. It really was. Uh, I, I'd, over, I'd overlooked that. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, though, your dad is a legend in this city. And for people listening outside the city, William H. King's a legend in this city. Uh, he was seen, at least in my eyes and many others, as a savvy um, Bill Beck of the White Sox, kind of a GM-type promoter, if you will, entrepreneur by the outside world. How close to that in real life would that describe your dad? 
Well, what's funny is I don't know who you're talking about. But Bill Beck? No, I've never heard of him. <laughs> Look him up. You'll see a lot of similarities to your father. <laughs> okay, okay, I will. But um, dad was fabulous. I mean, his mind was always going. And I mean, it, it, I loved at the racetrack. He was always bringing uh, people in. I don't know if you were there when Joe DiMaggio was there. No, I was not. Paul Horning was dad's one of dad's best friends, and he was always out there, and he loved it. And I don't know if you all remember the Big L, but that's when you had to win two. Your horse had to come in one and two in two consecutive races. So Paul was always winning that one. He liked the Big L. And <laughs> Pee Wee Reese, dear friend, Pee Wee Reese. So, I mean, he, oh, and of course, Muhammad Ali. But, you wow. know, he always had interesting interesting people and promotions, as you mentioned, and I'll mention later, all the motorcycle races and the rock shows. And But as far as Louisville Downs went, it was just a fun place to go and have dinner or hang out. Uh, you just mentioned those motorcycle races. Uh, uh, did you... Uh, did you make it after? Did you make it after those? Did you do any of the water skiing? Did Did you meet the Beach Boys, for instance? I mean, did you Did you hang with the Wilson brothers? Of course, I really did. Really? I really, really did. And about the motorcycle races, those were fast and furious, and the place was packed. And they started at like eight o'clock at night. This is what I think is so neat. They start at eight o'clock at night and sometimes there'd be delays and, you know, they'd get over about one or two in the morning. And I always visualized 10,000, think about this, 10,000 motorcycles getting on the Waterston Expressway. <laughs> I said, if anybody's just driving through down, they will think they're in the twilight zone. Yeah, that was the 70s. The motorcycle races and the Beach Boys and those guys, that was the 70s, right? Yeah. Or was there in the yeah. 80s? I was like, I'm yeah. trying to go back. But yeah, I was in college and that was great because, I mean, we did the Derby Eve Jam, they called it back then. So, yes, yes. some of the groups were Derby Eve. And uh, one interesting fact was with Three Dog Night, we had to, and I meant to look up his name. He was, we had to bail out the lead singer from jail <laughs> to get him on stage. Did you really? Yes. What did he do? Drugs they found in his of hotel course, room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And can you imagine dad was having a heart attack? He thought, get down there and get him out of jail. Mm. So we did. I mean, I didn't. Somebody else did. But, oh, yeah. I used to drive. I mean, I used to pick them up at the airport, grassroots, and uh, we went partying afterwards because rock bands can't just settle in. So I took them to some of the bars. We just, I had a good life way back then. Alan. Anybody there? Maybe, maybe I'm here. I don't know what happened to yeah, Alan. Well, hey, well, while he's gone, I'll, I'll talk to Mr. Murphy a bit. Uh, uh, I want to talk about the racing, uh, if I could. Uh, or, or could you guys, uh, you know, attest to how big a, of a deal the Kentucky Pacing Derby was, especially you know within the standard bred world? Well, it was the first biggest uh, event in Louisville Downs history. And uh, other than the Grand Circuit at the Red Mile, it was probably the most significant race in the state of Kentucky at the time. And it brought a lot of great horses in there and great horsemen. And uh, it was 
it really kind of put Louisville Downs on the national map, and because uh, they got a lot of entries. I had a friend that brought two horses down there and raced in. He had, he was racing in New York and Meadowlands up east, and he brought a horse down there called Wild Cider, and he raced in it. And he had a horse, another horse that raced in it, and Wild Cider win the the uh, big race in Chicago at uh, Maywood Park. I can't remember it right now what the name of it was, but it was a big race. And so it brought a lot of people and a lot of good horses into Lowell Downs. Trim the Tree was one of them. He win, and uh, he was by Richard McCumber whose son Rich Ricky McCumber now is one of the leading drivers in Indiana at Hoosier Park. So, you know, it brought a lot of people into the state and into Louisville in particular. And us regular local horsemen, we really enjoyed meeting and seeing the good quality horses, you know. Randall and Webb, who uh, my wife is Marion Webb's niece, and uh, he had a horse that finished second to uh, trim the tree, and that was R.W. Brett, and he was a nice horse in his own right. So it was a nice race. What about uh, Niatros? Any memories of Niatros? I, I, I've read that he, at the time, he was considered one of the one of the best of all time. I tell you, I was at Lexington the day he time trialed, and uh, I was sitting on the finish line. And when he got to the three quarters in 119, I don't believe anybody had ever visioned a harness horse getting there that fast. And then he went the mile in 49 and one, which back then, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago, that was unbelievable. And it was. It was just amazing to watch him perform like that. And uh, so, and I think he did race at Louisville Downs. He did. Yeah. He won the pacing derby, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I was thinking maybe he was the horse that put the, put the race on the map. Is that, you think that's, that's true? Uh, There was, there was several of them that put the, I mean, there was some really, he was probably the best horse to ever race there, no doubt, because at the time he was, and probably still is considered one of the greatest horses ever. So naturally you would assume maybe that, but there was some, I remember when Ballard's boy won one of the first pacing derbies. And to me, that was a big event because he was a Western Kentucky trained and raced horse by Homer Ballard, who was an old, older, well, I say older, he's about the same age I am now. And uh, so he, but he, he win the Payson Derby with uh, Ballard's boy, who ended up being a top horse in the country also. So it, you know, it started out small, but it really got big at the, you know, and fast, right? When Trim the Tree win it, I think, it was a might have been a world record, and uh, there was a lot of good horses that raced in the Pacing Derby. Okay, uh, just curious from a management point of view, uh, 
did you all ever catch any flack from your neighbors down the road about uh, using a, a name similar to a big race they run, you know, the, the Kentucky Derby? And then you all had the Kentucky Pacing Derby. Was there ever any issues about that? Not that I know of. Yeah. Not that I know of either. No. Things were a little bit more lax back then, I guess. It probably today would be it'd probably be an issue, but uh, yeah, yeah. Back in the good old days. I think Alan's back. Alan, won't you, uh, won't you take over? Oh, uh, you know, I actually have a question for Mike. That's more of a basic one, not really related to Louisville Downs, but um, you're a harness driver, Mike. Back in the day, right? You're a driver, right? Yes. I've always been fascinated by harness drivers. Uh, how difficult is it? I mean, you're trying not to get parked out. You you try to find room when to get out, and and especially on a half mile track, it's so post position dependent. Um, it seems tricky. What what's it like being a harness driver? I mean, we're accustomed to, to jockeys on thoroughbreds, but it's a whole different world. And what's what's the trick? What's the secret? Well, if there's probably a lot a lot of it's luck. I mean, really, you want to leave the gate, you want to get forward position the best you can. But a lot of times, if you don't have a fast enough horse that can come off the gate, you're going to get parked. So then you so if you're a driver, you take that into consideration and you look for either a, a spot opening up where you a slower horse might be. You know, you might think you can get in front of him if he, he don't leave the gate very well. So you'll leave and look for that spot instead of trying to go to the front if you don't feel like you got a fast enough horse to get there. But it's all timing and a lot of luck. I mean, you get a good horse. You try to, if a horse, if a one really good horse in the race pulls and you're in a position you can follow him, yeah. And that's a good that's a good tactic because he'll probably take you to the front and if you're good enough you might get by him. Yeah. But a lot of it if you set in and they start coming with the train, you know, you're not going to get out till they all get by. And so you're you're in trouble there. So a lot of drivers will make mistakes. They'll come out too early because and they don't have enough horse to exactly. to go the distance. So, you know, it's really a lot of timing and a lot of luck unless you've got a really great horse. <laughs> Were there times that drivers just won't let you in? I mean, you're, you're parked and they're like, hey, man, let me in. And they're like, no, no, pal. Does that happen? No, there, there's rules against that. <laughs> really? <laughs> if, if, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't. If you let some, they used to have a rule at Louisville Downs that if you let a guy in, you better be ready to pull and go. That was oh, the really? only only reason they would let you let a guy in. I mean, if you think you need to get him out of your way so you can get your forward progress going, then you could let him in, but you better be pulling in and going yourself. I actually didn't know uh, that. I, I, that's, I did not realize that. But you ever see, there's any wrecks with the buggies? I mean, the wheels hit. Do, do you, I mean, have you ever been anything like that? Oh, I've been in a lot. I've been, <laughs> I've been down several times. I don't think I was ever down at Louisville Downs. I was down at Audubon Raceway and Balmore Park in Chicago. They lost me in the infield in about a six-foot snow. Oh, and God. My horse, my, horse, my, my horse stumbled and flipped over, and it flipped me over the hub rail into the infield, and there was about six foot of snow out there, and, they had a, and it was night, and they had a hard time finding me, really, because 
and it knocked me out. I was unconscious, Jeez. and, and uh, so yes, it's it can be, you know, it's tough and dangerous, and uh, but it's it's what we all live to lie, like to do, you know. You know, um, like from my youth, some of these names will come come to you, but I remember guys like Roger Colifer, Eddie Morgan Jr., Gary Guy, Hot Rod and Darla Gray, uh, Rex Sloney. Um, just to name a few of them, for your money, who do, who do you feel was some of the top guys or gals that rode at Louisville Downs back then? Who who would you think was the best back then? Uh, the best, in my opinion, was Davey Hart. He, oh uh, yeah, I do remember that name. I remember that name. Yeah, he 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 was a phenomenal horseman. He did his own shoeing. Is trained a lot of horses and was always a top driver and usually probably the leading trainer. And uh, Eddie Morgan, also same caliber, same position. And then some of the younger drivers were Gary Guy and uh, had a lot of talent. And uh, there was a lot of good drivers back then. Yeah, I remember Uh, a lot of those names. I remember a lot of them. Uh, Rex Loney comes to mind, um, but uh, Joyce, Mike Lachance, uh, is he right up there? He might roll in the pacing derby, it seems I like. I don't know. Yeah, we I get a lot of the bigger drivers into the pacing derby, but, and, you know, but, and the stake race, SAR stakes and things like that, you'd get bigger drivers, better, you know, more name drivers. Of, and, yeah, Of course. There's a hey, lot uh, of good drivers there. There's a lot of good drivers that never made the top list, but they were good in their own right, you know. Of course. Hey, uh, Low Downs was a very competitive place, and, you know, we had a lot of fun on the back stretch. We had picnics, parties. Uh, we all were, we were all friends on the back stretch when we were partying, and We'd go to the Admiral Ben Bowl and a few of the other places and have fun. And Doug, uh, Lance liked to barbecue, and he still does that now as a living. And oh, wow. we'd have uh, barbecues out on the back and play badminton and baseball and all that. But, buddy, when we got on the racetrack, it was a different story. You know, it was all business, all business, all right? business. That's right. <laughs> Oh man, uh, let me. Well, uh, Joyce alluded to it earlier. What was the food in the track kitchen like? What, did you track, like it? Oh, I love the track kitchen. Jim and Dee McCoy ran the track kitchen. They were owners of mine. They had horses with me, and they were great friends. Uh, Jim was a great person. He cashed most of the grooms' paychecks for them, wow. and. He, he did that. He'd go to the grocery store for different people. And one thing he did to us horsemen, a lot of us like to play racetrack rummy. And on Saturday night after the races, we might play all day, all night and all day Sunday, too, for that go. We, you know, and he would leave the kitchen open and he had a night person in there that was cleaning up and doing all that. And he'd keep coffee on for us. And we could sit over and play cards all night. And uh, they were just great people. They really went out of their way to 
help everybody. The food was excellent. Everybody loved the food. Uh, a lot of local women that lived there in Louisville around the track did the cooking and everything. And it was really a nice place. We had a lot of friends come in there. Most all horsemen ate at least probably two meals a day there. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, they, they really did a breakfast business and a lunch because most people were still working. And, and then at night after the races, they would be open and a lot of people would go in there after the races and eat before they went home. So it was really a, a great experience. And most tracks that we attend to now don't have that. That's true. That, you are right about that. Um, hey, Joyce, you're still there, right? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, um, again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, something I want to know about, it bears repeating, Mr. King was ahead of his time. Your dad was ahead of his time. And he introduced Colibet, the Colibet system in the early 80s. Right. And both people, and a cable channel to watch the races on as well. And now you see where we're at these days with internet and phone wandering. Um, did you have any insight into that? I mean, uh, how wacky of an idea was that? Uh, did people think he was crazy? Or, I mean, did it go smoothly? What, what do you know about the whole Colibet system in 1982? I, I took I took part in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the first, you know how it worked. Uh, you, you went out at there and put at least $50 in your account. So the first night it didn't go very well because people's checks hadn't cleared. <laughs> so <laughs> they, got, they, they got upset. But after that, Richard Smith ran that and it ran smooth and people loved it. And I just wish, I don't know, I wonder if he could have uh, uh, patented it or. Oh, yeah. Because I'd be uh, the woman, uh, I'd be like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yes, you would own the world. Uh, How would you like to have like 1% of every dollar wagered in the in the world right now? I mean, and he was, they interviewed him on the Today Show. Oh, they National. did? Yeah. He was on there and they interviewed him about it. I mean, it was. It was revolutionary, and it was. Uh, I just, I just wish you know we would have done something to secure it. But oh well. Uh, my dad's account number. I'm 50 years old, and my dad's account number was zero five five one five seven two six, and his password was Smokey. I still remember that to this day when we would take that's, money out there for him. That's <laughs> so fun. I. That's great. Yeah. So it went. Mm. It was a big hit. It was a big hit. Um. Do you? Do you think that Louisville Downs, considering what it meant to this community for 25 years, gets remembered and honored properly by this city? Because honestly, I don't think it does. I mean, it was a staple in this town for two and a half decades, employed a lot of people, and it's kind of, a, again, a bit of an iconic landmark. Do you think the, the city recognizes it the way they should? Well, I don't know what they could do. Well, you know, yeah. we we had to sell it. I mean, Dad took the took the chance on doing simulcasting. I mean, as people go out there and bet on simulcasting, not call a bet. And right. Churchill, Churchill, Churchill saw we were making some money and paying the rent, and they said, "Oh no, uh, we're, we've just, you took the leap," because they wanted they didn't want to fool with it. They weren't sure how simulcasting was going to go, and Dad did. And they saw it was a hit. And I mean, uh, less than a year into it, 
Churchill took it. And it was like David eating Goliath. I mean, yeah. Goliath eating David. So we, we had, we could not do anything because we raced harness racing and did simulcasting at the same time when our meet opened. So more people were watching the TVs than watching our live racing. I remember. I mean, it, it just took us, it took the live racing down as sad as it is. So I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we ran our course. People love it. I don't know what to do. I, I wish we still had it. But let me tell you one thing about, did you all know that Paul Rogers was our track announcer? I did not. Before I, I, he was the U of L track announcer. <laughs> I mean, announcer. I did yes. know that, Ms. Yes. Joyce. Yes. My uh, my uh, family had a C, one of them old C-band satellite dishes out in the backyard. It was like a come from outer space, but we could beam down Louisville Downs simulcast or the the card from Louisville Downs, and cool. we I listen every once in a while. Paul Rogers, we couldn't bet or anything, but we could listen to Paul Rogers call the races. I know it, and and Steve Bergen, if you all remember him. He's yeah. retired from 32 now, but Steve, Steve was out there. Mike Berry. We and now Robin Burns is who finished off the meet, and he's still announcing races. Michael, oh, tell really? you more about that. Yeah, he's still the race announcer. And Mike Murphy, tell them about Oak Park. Is that the name of it? Oak Park. Oak, Oak Grove. Grove. Oak, Oak Grove. Grove. Yeah, Oak Grove. Uh, like she said, Robin Burns is the announcer and assistant race secretary there as he was at Louisville Downs back in the day and Kevin Mack who was a horseman along with me is the uh, race secretary and the, the uh, director of racing is a boy that lives two blocks from Louisville Downs his family have always lived there and his mom and dad raced horses back in the day. He was just coming up, going to school when when I was racing there. And now he's director of racing down there, Brett Schultz. And his dad was Billy Schultz, who we called Bong Bong. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Mark Guilfold is uh, head of the racing commission. I'm sure you guys know his name. He, yeah. was, uh, he worked at Louisville Downs as just a regular person and back in those days i don't know exactly what his title he I, he just worked there i believe i don't know what he his official capacity was i think he worked in a spit box or something like that and uh myself i was a identifier down at oak grove so and the clerk of course is janice lance and she of course, was Doug Lance's sister, and the Lances all raced Louisville Downs. So, yes, I remember those. You know, we got a lot of people that's racing at the new track at Oak Grove, Freddie Finn and uh, Randall Finn. A lot of the Finns raced Louisville Downs back in the day, and they're still around racing down there. Darla, uh, Darla Martin that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. She raced, she raced down at Oak Grove this fall, and... Jackie Gray, his father was Jack Gray Sr., and he always had a large stable of horses at Louisville Downs. And, of course, Jackie, he was there working for him at that time, but he was young. 
and uh, he's racing horses now at down at Oak Grove and in Kentucky, and so it's been passed down generation. Randy Gerald, his dad Hugh Gerald, was a mainstay at Louisville Downs back in the day, and uh, so you know it's kind of a family type deal. Myself, I met my wife at Louisville Downs and married her. My brother wow. met his wife at Louisville Downs and married her. My sister met her husband <laughs> at Louisville Downs and married him. And his family, the Mapses, Joe and Irene, his name was Ricky. And they wow. had, uh, he had Michigan Mac, far the best Hanover, some of the best pacers that ever raced Louisville Downs. So, you know, it's really, when you talk Louisville Downs, it really ha- it means a lot to me and my family and the people I know and still associate with. It does sound like such a family, a, a family place uh, that everybody there was family and looked after each other and you know married there, got married there, started families there. Uh, and you're at Pompano uh, Park right now, right? I'm at Pompano Park right now, and they're racing as we speak. And they bet a million five, a million fifty Tuesday night here. And of course, that talking about simulcasting, that's all simulcast money because yeah. no fan, no fans are allowed. So, you know, it's really, yeah, it's a big, big deal now that we're existing because of simulcasting and, of course, the casinos. Yeah. Hey, uh, CC, uh, got something for Joyce, I'm sure. I know you got a question for her. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to talk about uh, your father. Uh, of course, he, I, as we already talked about, he's a legend in these parts. But uh, I think he was part of a group that uh, that helped manage the early career of Cassius Clay. Uh, was that true? And, and do you have any stories you could tell about that? Um, well, first of all, he he wasn't part of that group. Oh, okay. Uh, what he did was before the group, as uh, as soon as he uh, Cassius came home after winning the gold medal, Dad promoted his first fight. In fact, he promoted his first seven fights, professional fights. Really? And, um, I remember I used to run to the phone first, as most kids used to, and I said uh, they he asked for Dad, and I said I asked who's calling. He said Cassius Clay. I'm like, oh, my. Yeah, oh, I wow. ran out to tell the whole neighborhood. So that was fun. So he was with him in the beginning, and I'm not sure why he didn't join that group of, I don't know, eight or ten men. But he didn't. He was just his promoter. And I tell you, when when he – and it, the, people say it's not true, but when he threw his medal into the river and became Muhammad Ali, Dad was pretty upset with him. Oh, really? And uh, so he, uh, yeah, but then after a while, they became friends. I know dad promoted um, a boxing matches in, in Las Vegas and Mohammed came out as Mohammed and spoke to the crowd and helped him out and stuff. So, and then he was at Louisville Downs. I think you've seen pictures of that. Did you know Cassius was at Louisville Downs and presented a trophy? I did not I did know not. that. No, I yeah. did not. Yeah, it was fun. So, yeah, they got back together, but I think he got disgusted when when he became Muhammad Ali. 
But other than that, it was exciting. Yeah, and he promoted all his closed circuit fights, which were big. I mean, we filled the fairgrounds uh, when he did the Sunny Liston fight. But so that's my that's the only thing I know about him and Muhammad Ali. No, it's pretty impressive to be honest with you. Hey, for, for our listeners who may not know out there, uh, Little Downs was bought out in the early '90s, and it became right. a and it became a massive simulcast facility known as a Sports Spectrum. Now, again, there's people listening from outside the city, and now it's a casino that's owned by Churchill. Right. And, and again, when you look in the the racing form and you see CDT Churchill Downs Training Center, it's been a satellite thoroughbred training facility for Churchill Downs for 25, 30 years, and when, we, when you see that in, in the racing for that is Louisville Downs. Uh, do you ever stop in and see the old place, Joyce, or even Mike? Do either, either one of you yeah. get out there? They invited me for the opening, oh, which they? I appreciate. And yes, and I, you know, I, it, it's all changed. The only person I still knew out there was Kevin Flannery, and now he's gone. Yes. Uh, so it's kind of sad. Um, but yes, I've been there several times. And okay. I, I, we so much wanted him them to honor Louisville Downs. So we, all Kevin could do was put he put I gave him two uh, decanters. You've seen the yes pacing derby decanters. He put those on the bar, and I gave him the picture of Louisville Downs in the snow, and they framed that and put it somewhere. But I was hoping that they would do some kind of wall or you know a whole lot more memorabilia, but. The guys from out of town could care less. They don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 gone. So that's that. But but yes, uh, Dad would be thrilled that they did something instead of leveling it and yeah. It, yeah, yeah. So I think he would appreciate what they've done. You know, if I'm not mistaken, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, CC. Isn't Churchill talking about putting a, uh, a small harness meet out there in the next year uh, or so? I think all that changed when they acquired oh. Turfway. That the idea was to, to they were going to kick Turfway out and build their own track, and right. uh, you know it, it's complicated after that. I think I think they abandoned those plans, but I oh. could. I they could did, be. as far as oh. I know, they did. That's a shame. Yeah, no, well they they built ahead, they own Oak Grove. Oh yes, so they don't need so, it. Right. <laughs> Plus, okay. people were hoping they'd run a meet out there, but there's no stands anymore. Have you all been out to Derby City Gaming? I have not. I have not. Even I live very close to it. No, I have not yeah. either. Yeah, wow. I've been there. I've been there, and it's. I mean, it's. A, they did a really nice facility. It's a big, long drive-in off of off a of popper level there, and uh, yeah. Then, then you get to see the old track that's there, and that's where a lot of the thoroughbreds now practice in the mornings, and get those workouts so i've i've actually had horses stabled back there and i've been back there a little bit and then i've I've seen the facility i mean it's really nice it's very busy and i mean it's it's helped it's helped the purse money at at churchill downs and kind of spawned another another generation or another big wave of of very competitive thoroughbred racing but you know you're right you know without a harness racing track nearby I think they could have pulled it all off. You know, they could have built the Derby City Gaming, built another track for harness racing. You know, the half mile. And, yeah. Uh, hearing more of the nostalgia about it, I mean, man, it must have been a great time. And Churchill's pulled off a couple concerts in their day, but they've only done like two, as far as I know, like the Rolling Stones and I forget <laughs> who else. But right, uh, the police, the police. 
Oh man, yeah, I didn't get to do that one. I would have loved that, but yeah, and, and yeah, so uh, I've seen it, and uh, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but I've been out there, you know, several times when it was new to try to understand it. Yeah, they're di- it's it, it's basically slot machines, as yeah, okay. as you can see, they're fighting in the Supreme Court. I mean, it's nothing to do with racing. Right. Yeah, and, you're right there, um, and it's sad that what I was kind of getting at is there's no grandstands. I mean, even if they do a meet, I don't know where everybody's supposed to go to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Because well, I was in, this, wondering that. in this current environment, I don't think it matters to have fans there now. It doesn't. It does. Do- <laughs> yeah. It does. That's the thing. <laughs> oh. Hey, but, uh, Joy- go ahead. Go ahead, Joyce. Go ahead. No, I was going to thank. I mean, I, I was going to thank you all for letting us talk about it. And I do want, I'm the one, who would like to get a Louisville Downs reunion and people are up for it. We've just got to figure out a date because Mark Guilfoyle gave me a whole big scrapbook that I'd love to show everybody. And oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's great. And I just need to find a, a date, which is hard to do when everybody's traveling around. But as Mike Murphy said, we might start with one down at Oak Grove since a lot of horsemen and and all the track officials are down there so maybe we'll do one down there and you can come and socialize oh, with us we're invited that's awesome <laughs> really of, seriously thank you of, of course you're invited and then uh, we'll, we can figure out a date we could do it at, at derby city gaming i've talked to them they'd love to have us so uh, it fantastic would be, to hear yeah uh, so that would be fun and oak grove how far away is oak grove that's three hours from Louisville. Yeah, it's three down hours. near Clarksville, Tennessee, right? It's right across the street from Fort Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's in Kentucky. It's on I just just off the exit there at I-24. Right. Exit 86 on I-24, and you're there. It's a big, beautiful plant. It's probably a lot. It's supposed, everybody that I talk to says it's the nicest, prettiest one west of the mississippi or east of the mississippi i mean so it's really a spectacular place and this year will be the third year and uh they'll have all their i mean they're they're putting up a big uh arena for uh different kinds of horse breeds to come in there and have shows and all the stuff and the equestrian center is what it is and i mean it's a it's a gigantic uh, structure they were building it this fall while we were racing there and uh, it's really going to be something to see well we'll we'll have to take a field trip we'll have to take a little road show guys and, and head down there and uh we can expand our horizons a little bit what do you say is that a half mile or a mile track half mile mike it's a five-eighths mile five-eighths okay okay well cool yeah. And Joyce, tell everybody about your Facebook page, by the way. Uh, it's uh, Louisville Downs Harness Track Facebook page. And we have like six over 600 members. And a lot of people just love it. You know, Fred Cowgill, who I know you all know, of loves, course. To, loves to comment on it. He's been a great ally. And Bob Albano, I worked with Bob at ESPN some. And he would love to get harness racing back to Louisville. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, they're fans, and we just have a lot of 
of people that loved it out there. Jenny Reese, Bill Doolittle, the sports writers. You know, it's just, it was like home for all of us for 25 years. So yeah, I, I miss it. I, I can attest the Facebook page is wonderfully done. A lot of great videos on there. We all, we all joined it, and uh, where uh, Joyce and I connected on there. So I recommend, if you're interested in Little Downs, I recommend the Facebook page. And if you get on there, maybe Joyce will invite you to the big reunion this year. What do you think? Woohoo! I'd love it. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I tell you, we can wrap this up. We've kept these guys far too long, but we really appreciate you guys looking back with us. And uh, this has been fantastic. The reunion sounds like a, a blast. And uh, Cece, you got any uh, parting thoughts for our two guests? Uh, no, the, it's it's been a blast. I've enjoyed listening to this. I think it's important that we remember our past. And, uh, you know, I, I've got a lot of good memories at the sports spectrum. That's when I started to go around the mid-90s to follow Ellis Park and Turfway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, very important that we, uh, we, we uh, keep in touch with our past. So I'm grateful that uh, uh, Mr. Murphy and, and Ms. Joyce uh, were able to join us. I appreciate you all giving us a chance to reminisce. Thank you for acknowledging there, us. There'll be other opportunities, uh, ma'am. There'll be other opportunities. I assure you that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'd like to also offer my thanks for the for the meeting and everything. And had Louisville been racing right now, with everything the way it is, they would probably be the first half mile track to have the breeder's crown because it would have been that, something that really true. to see in Louisville Downs, you know. Oh, no doubt that about that. That is true. They're planning, on, they're planning on trying to get it at Oak Grove in the next couple of years, so maybe really? they'll get it. But yeah, we the people of us that work down there and race down there, we kind of call that Louisville down South. <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's, that's our name for it because – so many people that are down there originated from Louisville Downs. And, uh, you know, everybody, everybody, my sister's in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. She, she raced Louisville Downs, you know, and there, there were scattered all over. When Louisville Downs closed, that probably pretty well ended harness racing in Kentucky is, you know, because that was... Mm-hmm. The best spot to be and so when the best spot disappears you you got to yeah. go elsewhere to make a living so you know it uh there but everybody sure misses it and misses all the people that were associated with it and uh one of bill king's biggest tributes was his cadillac giveaway that always brought <laughs> yes a lot, of, a lot of people i remember that and yes. one of my special things that i remember about it when you get out of your car and you're headed to the grandstand and they're playing the daily double polka, uh, <laughs> I just thought that was amazing. And, you know, some of the, some of the things they did were just gigantic and not being repeated at a lot of tracks these days. That's why, that's why I insist. And, and, and Joyce, where, where everybody's indebted to your to your father your father really was ahead of his time i'm not just saying that it, it, uh, if, if you've been around the city you know that and there's a sports world vacation show which we didn't even get into right right uh, William H., he left his mark not only on louisville but on just sports marketing as, as a whole so um we wanted to make sure he got his due okay well thank you thank hey, you hey one last thing i gotta talk we gotta talk about this uh, sport boat and vacation show real quick 
that jingle that used to play on TV, who who was responsible for writing that jingle? You know the. Do you think I know? I could sing it for you, but I have sing no it, idea sing who it. wrote it. No. <laughs> Wouldn't make King Sports Boat and Vacation Show. That's it. Because it. it won't be long until and it's that time. That time of year. But <laughs> don't you? <laughs> and they're not going to have it this year. Because of, of course. COVID. Right. Of right. course. Yeah. But, uh, but don't you remember my friend always sings the jingle for Louisville Downs? Uh, I'll sing that. I can't. I'm talking about uh, racing, 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 talking about. Mike Murphy, can you sing it? <laughs> I don't do sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been trying to look I, for it. So I've listened to it a lot of times, and I loved it. But it It's great. If I'm asking people for it, so I'll put it on my Louisville Downs page if I come up with it. You got it. Yeah, we'll look okay. forward to that. Thank you all uh, again. No problem. Thank you guys. Okay. Um, yeah. Cece, anything last words? No, that's all. We, we're grateful that you, you decided to join us this afternoon. Okay. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Fishing, travel, and more. Now through February 2nd at the fairgrounds.